Season 2 of Rethoughts continues with my guest and brother, Roman Gray. Roman was actually the first guest on Rethoughts in Season 1, which is still the most listened to episode we have. But the conversation you're about to hear might be my favorite one. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash rethoughts. There will also soon be an online store for Rethoughts. But if you're on a budget and you still want to support the show, just leave us a review on wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Roman. You wear a mask for so long, you forget who you were beneath. Thought has developed traditionally in a way such that it claims not to be affecting anything, but just telling you the way things are. That doesn't make sense. Just when you think you know something, you have to look at it in another way. I know exactly what you mean if you're real you better tell me right now what is real how do you define real Revolution of the Mind. All right, I'm sitting here with my brother Roman for the second time on Rethoughts. Roman, do you remember uh, or do you realize our episode is the most listened to episode of Rethoughts? <laughs> I'm going to get reminded that every time we talk about rethoughts. Hey, all right, I'll stop. I'll stop talking about it. I'm just joking. Just have a lot of pride for it. You know? It is really cool. I don't know if that's because it just got so much promotion or it's because people are interested about our relationship. Maybe. Uh, it might be because you have so many friends. Honestly. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I told you not to mess with your eyes. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to mess with it anymore. I'm just kidding. It's fine. For those of you who... If this makes the cut, for those of you who don't know, we worked out before this. I did one of Jonah's insane workouts, as some people might know about. And my wrist is hurting pretty bad, and now I have to ice it. So if you hear an ice bag, that's just me readjusting it, and I'm sorry. He, he makes it sound like it's my fault. It's not my fault. It is your fault. <laughs> your your wrist was messed up before. Am I wrong? <clears throat> no, you're not wrong. Okay, that's pretty sure. <laughs> you were talking about how it might be carpal tunnels or something. That doesn't just happen over one workout. Yeah, no, I'm just being a baby about it. Honestly, kind of being a bitch. <laughs> it's okay. We all have a we all have an inner bitch, and we have to stuff it right back in. Yep. All right, so our point of departure today is actually emotional stress. So, Roman, has anything been emotionally stressing <laughs> you out lately? Um, There's emotional stress through many things, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think whether or not you're just going through yeah. something in general, emotional stress is just there always yeah I think well like anxiety or yeah any of that has exactly. that, any of that come up lately um I know we've talked about some of it before yeah but... well 
So, for instance, uh, it's funny because we probably have talked about this when not recording, but I have to re-talk about it <laughs> as we are recording. But, um, like, one of the things that is emotional, emotionally stressful, like, uh, about two months ago, I got in a really bad wreck, and I, I, um, I was hit by a drunk, me and my girlfriend were hit by a drunk driver when I was driving my car. And it rolled our car a few times, and it was uh, a very, you know, serious experience. And you know, it it was something that it's a bit traumatizing. That, yeah, a bit traumatizing. And I mean, like a few weeks ago, whenever I was I was driving, I saw some cars behind me, and the, so the drunk driver hit us from the back and made us roll. And that and the reason that. It freaks me out so much when I drive is because I'm always checking my rear view mirror now. No, you can't and seeing that really exactly. And as every time that you know I'm driving, I'm like, okay, is anyone behind me? Is anyone going too fast behind me? And it's it's immediate anxiety. It's like it's, a it's like thinking that someone's. It's like whenever you're walking down the street and you think someone's behind you and you're gonna be attacked. Yeah, I mean, it, it's freaky, but now it's just like every time I drive, I think someone's going to hit me from the back. Yeah. And I think I was in, I was driving Mason's truck with you to move stuff out of my house and there was a big line, a big line of traffic on the highway and everyone was basically at a full stop and it was kind of out of nowhere and we stopped really fast and I could see a semi yeah. <laughs> behind us. <laughs> coming down the highway and it was immediately like sweaty hands getting super nervous super uncomfortable really fast yeah stress markers and uh ptsd if i could explain it any simpler but um that that being said you know having that that wreck a few like you know a few months ago that was probably probably a peak of my emotional stress and then after after that you know there's there's things where it's like you know I, I have to find a new car and I'm, I'm moving out of my house and I have to find a new place and I have to I have to be working and I have to you know work work to build new business yeah. and having those types of um, responsibilities is just really intense at times and it's overwhelming and, yeah and I'm I know that everyone else goes through those days and sometimes you're just like what the hell am I doing and you know how can I keep doing this and in the end it's just like okay you're trying to better yourself or you're you're just trying to get through things so that you can live a better life and that's that's some things that you have to go through yeah well you you I mean there was other things to that wreck as well you know there's you kind of cut the story of the wreck short oh okay what about the second dr- drunk driver oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> well so after we got hit by uh, I can't believe I left this out sorry <laughs> after we got hit by the first drunk driver and we flipped the car uh, we were sitting there and uh, so you know the fireman and the policeman and the tow truck were there and <clears throat> we were probably sitting outside for about 30 minutes and uh, another, I think the tow truck driver was flipping my car back over to, you know, be sitting upright and uh, we were all just standing next to my car and then one of the cops was like, hey, why don't we just take like 
you know, I want to take a step back. Let's go across the road so we're not so close to traffic. And so we did that. And we were just hanging out, just getting stuff done, like, you know, doing paperwork and talking to the cops and telling them what happened. And uh, a second drunk driver came by and clipped a fire truck that was blocking off the section of the road where my car was. And that drunk driver hit the fire truck and then swerved and then hit my car again while I was getting pulled up onto the tow truck. And we had just been standing at my car, like getting stuff out of it. Any of my equipment that was in there, I had to get that out of it. And I had like five friends there, you know, getting stuff out of my car that they were just piling into their cars. But, uh, you know, there was firemen and cops and all my friends were standing next to this car. And if that drunk driver had been, you know, 10 minutes early or 15 minutes early, I mean, he probably, he would have killed, he would have killed a bunch of more, you know, a bunch of our friends and stuff. So several people, yeah, several people would have been killed because of that second wreck. But, um, and then I was, I was talking to one of the firemen and, uh, I was like, does this happen often? And he goes, yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I was, I immediately was like, what, what can we do to like, assess the data and maybe we (laughs) maybe we maybe we fix some variables that could be like 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 run an ad like the placement the placement of uh fire the fire truck blocking off the section maybe maybe i don't know well a fire truck could have saved oh it saved us it definitely saved us i'm just saying if if more people are flying into wrecks because they're being they're being uh they said they said the uh, uh, you know cop lights and uh, you know those emergency lights yeah. that draws drunk attention. drivers to it like attention to it more attention to it yeah. so more people are likely to get in more wrecks because of that yeah. <laughs> so they take their eyes off the road to yeah. look at what's going on but yeah you know he went straight into the fire truck <laughs> yeah he went yeah he clipped him and I was just. As soon as he said that, yeah, it happens all the time. I'd be, I was like, what are we, what are we doing? What are we doing wrong in this situation? That's bringing more, more people into the situation. So I just thought that was crazy after he said that. I was like, wow. So really our point of departure is about drunk driving. Yeah. (laughs) It's a disclaimer. No drunk driving. Yeah. No drunk driving. Be careful out there. Night blindness too. Night, night blindness just kidding <laughs> is that just where you can't see while you at night while you drive yeah you can't see anything I know someone about the night blindness and are they literally just they, they're just like it's night time I'm not driving well they, I mean there's like glasses for it but yeah. oh. you might forget them gotcha might not, might not have them in your car okay. <laughs> well, what about you what, how about your do you have any uh, recent or continuous you know, feelings of emotional yeah. stress or yeah, break twenty twenty, my dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty was just an overall emotionally stressful <laughs> yeah, year for, I guess. for everybody, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's part of why I took time away from rethoughts. So okay. Was like talking about all these things, and then an inability to really practice. Uh, I mean, there's so many variables is why I stopped recording, um, but one of them is that emotional emotional distressing 
um, and an inability to cope. So it was like, why, why am I talking about these things when I'm, not, when I'm having trouble practicing them? And that was one thing that made me pull away from doing it. Really? Okay. That's one thing. I mean, there's several things. Like, there were so many people saying things that may or may not have been true about, like, COVID. And, uh, and, then, and then BLM started happening. And then and I, I started, you know, trying to have conversations with some of my friends and um, it's like I know people on all sides of these conversations and it's like nobody's listening to each other so I kind of just made it a point to listen instead of yap my mouth yeah just kind of pull away and and just see just see the needs and yeah well instead of putting in your yeah uh, and instead of putting in your opinion constantly you you felt like you could take yourself out of the equation yeah well I mean they they're Nobody needed my opinion. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that was part of it. And if they wanted my opinion, they could ask for my opinion. Yeah. So, and um, and then pol- politics, like there was uh, the election too. And all of, like I said, I know people on all sides of the conversation and they're just not listening to each other. And so me being oftentimes the mediator and trying to get people to have a conversation and they're not even listening to me. It's really just frustrating. And, yeah. And when I'm not in a good headspace, it's a lose lose. Nobody's coming out of that conversation yeah. um, satisfied. You know. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to be because we do. We you and I both have very good friends that are that are left and right. And yeah. I mean. Sorry, we got interrupted by my roommate. Um, <laughs> He's a great but guy, though. He's a great guy. I mean, he's been on the podcast. You've heard it. You, you might have heard of him, Chris Riley. Um, will be on the podcast again at some point. But um, we were talking about just kind of twenty twenty and everything that happened, and mm-hmm. um, you were on a thread, I believe, talking about having friends and family on yeah. both sides of. And you know, with with that conversation, I think part of the problem is that we tie our identities so closely to our um, political ideals or um, I mean really it's mainly the political ideals when it comes to, the, to this com- this conversation mm-hmm. and, and then and then like friends and family uh, communicating like well you know there's not a middle right you're either yeah. on this side or that side and it and it's like, well, for me, that deletes any conversation, that, that ruins any chance of any conversation and mending or any mm-hmm. um, bridging a gap of understanding with each other. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. I have, I have trouble reconciling that um, with family and friends, yeah. honestly. I haven't had any, you know, overall, like, ultimatum type you know situations with friends or family it's more just been like damn i'm hearing your side of the story and i'm hearing this side of the story and i don't have a dog in the race (laughs) i'm just i'm just i have to sit there and listen to it and uh the only thing that i can really do is just overall support humans in doing doing good and not doing well, evil well you know seems. and that's that's how i was and then it it was also like 
um, there's a little bit of my privilege. Like I don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, you know? I don't even have to exactly, think about it. Exactly. So, but then, but then, uh, like I was saying, is like sometimes I would come out and say something, and it just come out to be the wrong thing, and so uh, or misunderstood. You know, yeah. when you're trying to to bridge gaps, and so I really, um, I'm not a I'm not an authority on the subject at all, and I wouldn't claim to know what to do. That's why I ask people that I know and trust, like what what is fair to you? you Didn't know? you tell me you had, you were speaking out, like you were su- trying to support certain friends and, and doing things and other people, were other people like calling you out for not having well, any he didn't, place? He, he didn't call me out. He um, made it, uh, I guess, I guess in a way it, he was calling me out, but like it was mostly just constructive criticism because okay. I had shared um, something that um, basically told the black community how they should be behaving when I have mostly um, white followers on like Instagram and stuff. And so for me to share something like that, I'm sharing a message to uh, this group of people and basically taking any blame or, or um, pressure or and putting it right back on the community that has, you know, been historically, you know, stigmatized and brutalized and all kinds of atrocities, you know. See, so, yeah. so for me to to share what I had shared, and um, it kind of informing the black community when I have few black followers. Um, was just not my place to to be sharing that, you know. I should be. I should have been. Sh- or I, there there is better content that I could inform, uh, use to inform the people that follow me, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of really really um, encourage listening, you know. Gotcha. Like like I've been doing because because like I I was. I was sharing just the wrong stuff. A lot of people are on the side of like, okay, you have to have an opinion. You need to do this and you need to do that. But sometimes the, sometimes the better thing to do is just listen and not put yourself into a specific, yeah, specific side. Well, if you, before knowing how to help, you go ahead and start helping, you're going to mess up. Yeah. You're going to do the wrong thing. Yeah. Because it's not intuitive. I, I thought I was doing something uh, right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't wrong. It was, just, it was just contextually that wasn't ideal for me to do. Yeah. You know. Um, but. You know, and that's not, back, saying, that's not saying you shouldn't do anything. Yeah. That's not saying you shouldn't have an opinion. That's not saying you shouldn't do anything. But before... Um, acting like we know everything about it, like I'm saying, is like I'm no authority on yeah. this subject. That's why, um, you know, like my good friends, uh, like RJ Solijax. That's why I have conversations with him about, you know, what what do reparations look like in your opinion? Because if I come up with it, it's still just my opinion. Yeah. As somebody who's not been 
like stigmatized largely, you mm-hmm. know, somebody who's not experienced that, somebody who's not grown up um, with the narrative that I'm in danger all the time. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's just a gap in narratives right there. I don't have the information at hand to know how to fix it. I don't, but I do know people who do. And so I can encourage uh, their narratives. And yeah. for example, like I said, RJ Sully Jacks is an incredible resource, mm-hmm. an incredible reference. And I plan on having him on the podcast at some point. Is because he, the guy's brilliant. Is he, <laughs> is he in uh, Dallas? No, he's a um, Bivens principal over oh. here at Bivens Elementary School. Oh, I thought he was one of your friends from Dallas. No. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I have several friends in Dallas who, who I also talk to about. He's a principal? Yeah, RJ is. Oh, that's he's cool. He's a principal. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I've, I like I've that had a name. Few of these conversations with Sully Jack. Sully Jack. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. really badass. I gotta yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Anyway, on the subject, I mean, I, I can talk about uh, emotional distress or anxiety and depression because yeah. that is something that happens. <laughs> yeah. Back to the point, yeah, ladies right. and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we diverted a little. That's that's fine. It's all points of departure. Um, yeah. But. Uh, kind of this year in retrospect as well, you know, um, I had to, I had to take a break from rethoughts and like I was saying, there are many variables why I stopped. And one of another one was I just started doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, I'd have feedback from people and they'd tell me like, this is awesome. This is amazing. You like brilliant. And it'd get to my head and I'd just be doing it for that feedback and feeling like, I'm some sort of guru. Oh no! Yeah. You're doing it for the feedback. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, I've never done anything <laughs> yeah. feedback. Yeah, the guy over here that makes videos. <laughs> it is a drug. It is. It is. It's a high that it a it's drug. hard to shake. You yeah. Know? You become a junkie for it, and I mean, it's it's with so many things though that you can become a, a sort of junkie for though. But yeah, that was a big one too. Is I. Yeah wanted to do rethoughts because I enjoyed it yeah. not because I got high off of some feedback and it was only towards the towards the last couple of episodes that that started happening it's crazy that you bring that up because that's like a long like there's a couple other issues with with how I was doing things and just things that were just coming up in my life that I kind of stopped doing so many yeah. projects just on my own and one of them kind of was is He's like, okay, am I doing this because I love it or am I doing this because I want other people to like my stuff? Yeah. And I know that's just, <laughs> that's such a popular thing about Instagram is like, you know, likes, getting likes is what gives you happiness and it's stuff like measure, that. It's and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks so yeah. bad. And, and most of my, most of uh, what I was wanting is I just wanted people, and I still do, it's like, but I want people to feel and enjoy what I make and not just brush it off as another thing that is being thrown into onto social media. And at a certain point I was like, okay, am I just another, you know, am I just another guy making videos on Instagram yeah. or am I, you know, are my videos helping people or are my videos inspiring people or am I literally just 
you know, another domino. Yeah. Am I an, am I an influencer? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like it's like at some point to really have a healthy relationship with it. You just have to do it for the love of it, you know. Do yeah. it do it because this is what you do. Simply. And it's funny that I post less but of stuff that I like <laughs> yeah. a lot more. Like I there are a lot of projects that I just absolutely love that did get really great feedback and I I did it because I just loved it and I wanted people to do that. Yeah. But lately it's been it's been more set in my mind that, you know, I don't wanna keep posting just a bunch of stuff that I make <clears throat> all the time and some of this stuff doesn't matter, but Lately, it's been like, okay, if I'm going to post something or if I'm going to throw it out there, it's because I genuinely just like it and I just want to share it in general. And I'm not going to give, you know, two shits about whether or not it's going to get likes or not. Yeah. And it feels good. It feels a lot better not to be so glued to to my phone seeing sure. who's liking my stuff and yeah. how many likes something's getting. Yeah. But it's definitely let me approach uh, other work. And it's weird. I've, I have never been so busy with video and photography and stuff like that. I've never been so busy with it. And it started happening when I stopped posting so much of it, yeah. <laughs> which was a real, a real turn for me. Cause I thought, you know, I had to post constantly continue, yeah. to continue getting a lot of clients. And as soon as I stopped doing that so often, it was like, I had, I've, I had a project every other every other day or every other week or something to do, and it's it's just crazy how much busier I've gotten on the on the idea yeah. of or on the fact that I've just stopped yeah. sharing so much. Yeah, you've had other opportunities come up. Yeah, yeah, a lot more opportunities come up. <laughs> yeah, like that time you were talking to me about synchronicities and how all of these things would come up out of nowhere and yeah. they just all seemed connected and it yeah. was weird how this falls into line and I and mean it, it was after your wreck though you know and it was like yeah. that was a catalyzing experience for you to um, for all of these things to just fall in line yeah I mean there are, so for people that don't know what we're talking about I I talked to Jonah before we had recorded a few weeks ago and I told him about just this overwhelming feeling that you know things are just aligning correctly yeah. and and that goes with you know work that goes with uh friends and uh relationships and just things just end up folding out correctly and it's it's been a really weird turn for me because i have never you know felt like i was uh you know quote quote lucky but and then you were incredibly lucky. lately. <laughs> it's been it, it's been weird, and you know, there's there's you know always that that idea, you know, like God's looking out for me, you know, and I'm blessed, and I am blessed. I, you know, I there's so many things that I I know that I'm just blessed to to be um, you yeah. know living through. Yeah, and you know, one of those things was that wreck because. No one in their right mind, even, you know, the firemen, the, the cops, everyone that pulled us out of the car, they were like, I don't know how you're alive right now. Yeah. But. You should have seen, like, if y'all could see the, I mean, I, shoot, I might post some pictures <laughs> of the car. Like, it was, you know, as soon as we got out of the car, it was like, you guys have no idea how lucky you are to be, 
you know, breathing right now. Well, how many times did y'all flip? Do you know? I, and you know, it's hard to tell whenever you're in the car. (laughs) Whenever you're upside down and right side up. But if I counted correctly, I think it was three. Yeah. And it was, it was, and, uh, it was a back over front flip. Yeah. And then it was I think I think it went from back over front to kind of side over front, oh, okay. and then it started just to roll. Yeah, and I think. Tell the audience one. about uh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have my seatbelt on. <laughs> I didn't have a seatbelt on at the time. Idiot. And <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah. Not, like hardly a scratch. <laughs> How does that happen? I. Are you leaking? <laughs> Are you leaking on my floor? Yeah, I'm sorry. Just set it down on the ground. So, I didn't have a seatbelt on. <laughs> but, so, whenever I was, you know, flipping in the car, I my girlfriend was in the passenger seat, and I saw this, <laughs> I saw this uh, car coming up behind us, and I immediately was like, Oh shit! And there was no way I could stop it. I mean, this car was just flying, like flying towards me, and uh, they were on the highway. Yeah, I was on. I was on I twenty seven heading into a friend's house, and uh, we were just driving, like no big deal, going like sixty five. We're exiting to go get on to Bell, and I see these headlights behind me just swerving in and out of cars, and I just saw them coming up. uh, Just saw them coming up behind me really fast, and. There was literally just a split second that I saw his lights coming into me, and I knew he wasn't going to stop, or I knew he wasn't going to miss me, so I I just was like, shit, and I tried to get out of his way, and I had a split second where I turned just a little bit, and I tried to get off the road so he'd just go past me. Well, he ended up just clipping the back left tire of my car and that's what made us just you know centrifugal force fly yeah. forward so just the right kind of yeah clip. and you know that's another thing the cops said that you know if he had just hit you dead on right right behind you just straight into the back of your car that probably would have been another different story as well yeah and i mean he was going you know, at least double my speed or something like he was like 130 or no, that's (laughs) he was going, he was going at least probably like 110 or something. It seemed like, and I, I, you know, that happening was just a big deal. And whenever I was flipping, I was holding myself down (laughs) and I was holding the steering wheel and I was holding my, my passenger seat. When my, and my my girlfriend was buckled up, thank God. But lucky your arms aren't broken. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I <laughs> I went to uh, the chiropractor and my neck was so sore, and I was telling yeah. I was telling him about it, and <laughs> I was telling him about it, and I was talking about how my how sore my neck was, and I got X-rayed, and he was like, he was like, honestly, like your neck is not as messed up from the wreck as I thought it would be. But that yeah. is strictly because you have a really strong neck. Yeah. So for everyone that's listening, just know Roman has a really strong neck. His neck is crazy. But I was just got some hooks or something. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how. I don't know why. But apparently, I just I was just able to keep my neck in place enough to 
you know, not damage my brain and I would have been like a bobblehead, just like whack whack. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm doing neck curls or something. Neck like, curls. So make sure you're working out your neck, I guess. Yeah, but for real. Anyways, when he told me that, I I remember he told me that in front of my girlfriend, and I looked at her and I was like, "Yup, <laughs> that's what's up." <laughs> don't mess with my neck, babe. Yeah, I got a badass. I got, I got a, got a badass, badass neck. neck. <laughs> Yeah, I, I woke up to like three missed calls and a text <laughs> message with uh, from Tanner saying, because it happened at, I don't know what time it happened, but he, he tried calling me at like 2 a.m., I think. Yeah. And uh, Tanner and was, was our, Tanner, Tanner's our friend that was there at the wreck scene helping, yeah. me, helping me with the car and everything. Yeah, and he might have left me a voicemail, but I can't remember. But he, he basically said... Hey, I just wanted to let you know that Roman and Faith were in a wreck. Uh, it's not a big deal. Like they're fine, <laughs> and, and they're gonna they're gonna come to my uh, come to my house and they're gonna stay there tonight, or something like that. And he sent me pictures of the vehicle, and I'm looking at them for uh, mind you, like I just woke up, so my eyes are all blurry and stuff, and I'm looking at this picture. And I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> I I can't tell if this is the yeah. the hood or the front. Of, yeah, the front of the tr the uh, Pathfinder. Yeah. yeah, Pathfinder or the back yeah. or the bottom of it. I'm looking at it like I don't know. I don't know what this is. Yeah. So and it turns out it was the it was the roof. It was the an over not an overhead view, but like it, the it was on its side. Yeah. <laughs> and I finally came to and just saw that I was like what the hell <laughs> yeah. there's no way they're just five What's yeah and so I tried calling you and you were probably asleep <laughs> yeah. yeah I stayed up yeah I stayed up till I stayed up till probably five or six in the morning having them. to having to do stuff and like you know get glass out of our hair yeah. and we, we were you know trying to get clean after this wreck and uh, you know, and we just stayed up and just talked to Tanner and uh, his girlfriend Sarah, and we just talked about stuff and just how lucky we were able to be there. And <laughs> we were exhausted and you know full of adrenaline, but oh yeah, uh, you know, finally going to sleep and then uh, waking up to the people, you know, calling me or asking me if I'm okay. Uh, so. I will say the night the night of the wreck, you know, we were standing there getting all the paperwork done and everything was said and done. We hadn't left the crash site yet, and um, my girlfriend calls her parents just to let her let them know, like, hey, <clears throat> we got in a wreck, we're fine, and just letting them know, you know, and they were really thankful that that they, she called and they were like offering to come and get us and we didn't need them to and it was really cool and <laughs> I was like. All right, I'm gonna call my mom and dad. I called them just to let them know what's going on. And I, I called my dad, and growing up, anytime I've had to call my dad, it's it's been it's been like okay, I gotta try not to have to call my dad in the middle of the night because our dad has just a a hard time getting a phone call from us, you know, at one <laughs> thirty in the morning, yeah. and then having to go back to sleep. But, uh, so I didn't want to call him, but I did. And he, he didn't answer, but you know, he's passed out of sleep cause it's, you know, it's, you know, 3am at this point. Yeah. And, uh, I tried calling my mom and same thing with our mom is that if you call her, 
late at night because you need something or you need to tell her something, you know, it's it's like, okay, she's not going to go back to sleep. So I immediately feel bad because I'm having to call my parents and yeah. they're going to lose sleep over this probably. But I ended up calling them both and neither of them answered because they're just, you know, it's 3 a.m. and they're tired and they, they've just, you know, they've just got our nieces out of the house uh, yeah. and they had been sleep, you know, they've had babies in their, their beds this whole time and uh, they're finally getting some time to just rest. Yeah. So anyways, they didn't answer and that was fine. I didn't want them to answer because I didn't want them to stay up all night. And so I just, I sent them, I sent them a text and I said, Hey, I've been in a wreck. Everything's fine though. <laughs> just give me a call in the morning. <laughs> and so I think it was like seven or eight a.m. and uh, uh, mom, mom does mom see the pictures. Or mom, well, mom calls me and she just she just woke up at like six thirty or something. She calls me yeah. and she's like, "Hey," uh, and she's <laughs> literally waking up yeah. and she's like, "Hey, I, uh, you told me, are you all right? Is everyone okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, everyone's fine." And uh, she was like, "Okay, just wanted to make sure." But the way I had sent that text message, I, apparently to her, she thought I had just been in like a little fender bender. <laughs> and so, so whatever, whatever. It was about, it was yeah. So that that same day, I was supposed to go help them move the couch. No way. And that's yeah. And uh, whenever she called me, she was like, she was like, "Hey, uh, are you, is everyone okay? Are y'all okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, everything's fine. I, I, we're all good." And I knew she had just woken up and. And yeah, I could hear in her voice that she was just still so tired. And, and she goes, oh, okay, good, good. I'm glad y'all are okay. Are you still helping us move the couch today? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, uh, well, well <laughs> I was like, well, I, I was like, you know, I, I could probably make it, I think. And, <laughs> and then she was like, okay, well, I'll see you at like 1.30. And I was like, all right, mom, good. I'm gonna go back to sleep. Bye. And, and then, uh, my dad calls me and is like, uh, like probably an hour and a half after I get off the phone with my mom. And she's like, or he's like, uh, dude, what, like, you're on speaker, your brother, uh, your brother Logan is here and your mom is here and uh, just tell us exactly what happened. Cause uh, someone had sent him the photos <laughs> of the wreck and he had shown my, our mother, <laughs> or my mom, it was like, it was like, yeah, look at it. I can't even tell what it is. Cause just same thing that you were saying. Yeah. I can't tell what's going on with the car. And my mom was like, oh no, that's not Roman's car. <laughs> and he was just in a little fender bender. She had act actually assumed that I was just in a fender bender. Yeah. <laughs> and just by the way that I said, you know, like not everything's deal, not a big deal. Everything's fine. <laughs> but you know, I if I my car. yeah, if it, if I had told my mom, <laughs> hey. I don't. I didn't want my mom. The first thing she reads is, "Hey, I rolled my car." Yeah. Like I didn't want that to be the first thing that she sees in the morning because yeah. she would immediately, you know, call you crying. Yeah, and, call me crying, yeah. freaking out. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I'm on the phone with my dad and my brother and our our brother and um, our mom, and uh, first thing I tell I tell him the whole story about you know all that stuff, and I tell them I rolled the car. And then immediately my dad asked me if I went to the hospital after. And I said, no, I didn't go to the hospital. And my mom chimes in and she goes, Roman Gray, you rolled your car and didn't go to the hospital <laughs> right after? 
and I was just so tired, and I was just like, oh, Mom, Mom, I got a strong I, neck. I, I got a, <laughs> yeah. Mom, I don't think you understand. I got the strongest neck in the game. Yeah, so. Jonah might be taller than me, but yeah. I, got a, I got a badass neck. I got a neck. badass neck. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was just, it, all in all, it was, it was a crazy experience, and it was funny in the end because I have these hilarious stories of my parents freaking out, but. Um, worth it. They, worth it. <laughs> but and now you got a new car. Yeah, too, yeah. So. And the whole car thing worked out. Um, but it was just really cool to be able to have you know friends there, especially whenever all that all that shit happens to you. It's it's like the only thing that you do want to do is just see everybody that you yeah. you know that means some something to you. Yeah. And you want to just live live your life after that, but. Yeah. <laughs> After that was whenever a lot of things just keep kept kept coming into uh, kept coming into my life and yeah. just kind of me realizing like why is this happening correctly like yeah. I couldn't find a car anywhere and then I find one that is absolutely perfect in another state and we go there to get it. And then they're like, listen, we can only take cash or, you know, money orders. And I did not have (laughs) either of those. those. Yeah. And then, and then they're like, okay, it's cool. Across the street, you can get money orders from this Walmart. And I was like, okay, great. And we were, we were, I can't remember what time that we were finishing out our, our agreement, but the Walmart across the street had two to, uh, you know, financial places to get you money, know, orders, yeah. money orders and stuff. And one of them was <laughs> closing and the other one, uh, couldn't do that, that amount of money. <laughs> so the one that was had, like, it was shutting the gate <laughs> to it. You're like, no. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, please don't let this happen to me. <laughs> I had been, I had been carless for a month and I needed to get this car. I drove to Oklahoma city to get it and I needed this car. Yeah. So anyways, I, I, before the gates like completely closed, I asked them if they can do this and they were like, yes, we can do it. And then we get it, we get the money orders and we go back, we pay it out and it ended up being a, a freaking diamond. It was a gem. It's a, yeah. it was a, you know, a perfect car. And it, you know, it, it has its, uh, <laughs> It's it has it's, yeah, it's got character, but it's a it's a great car. It's like an off roading, yeah, Sequoia. <laughs> yeah, there are just a few different things that ended up working out perfectly, and uh, you know, if I had bought another car earlier, it would have been an, another five thousand dollars out of my pocket, and you know, just <sighs> I feel like there's too many things, <laughs> yeah. there's too many details that I, that no one's so. gonna understand that things just worked out perfectly. Yeah, those synchronous. And all they need to know is is that a lot of things worked out just perfectly and it it's been for the past you know few months that i started to realize okay someone's watching over me and i feel so synchronized with with a lot of different things but it just things are starting to feel like they're happening for a reason yeah i've never i've always thought in my head growing up that things happen for a reason but it's never been it's romanticized. For yeah, women, yeah, know. absolutely. But and up until after the wreck, it's been like, okay, things are literally happening for a reason. Setting up the next thing. Yeah. I will say before the wreck, I was like, man, I need to get a new car. <laughs> like, I need, <laughs> like I need to get I need to get something. And 
<laughs> you spoke it into existence. Yeah, I spoke it to existence. Manifestation, my, my I guess so. Uh, God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think there was one point I was just joking, but uh, after the wreck, <laughs> we were talking about how deadly the wreck was and and uh, potentially deadly. Potentially deadly, and <laughs> we were talking to some friends about it or something. And I looked up in the sky and I was like, gotta try harder than that. (laughs) That was just joking. That was just joking. Oh no, dude, you're screwed. It was funny though. It was hilarious. Now, on the subject of these uh, emotional distresses, right? Ah, yes. So, obviously that brought you into some of that, but... Um, to my point, this was another reason why Rethoughts took a break, was around this time every year, every year, uh, I mean, back when I was younger, it was a more chronic thing, but, um, it, it gradually got better. Like the more I learned, the more I under, and understood what was going on or the more I was able to express, um, emotion for one thing or talk. Mm. I get to a point where, and like I said, it, it ha- now it happens just around this time every year, this transition into uh, summer, like spring, summer. And I don't know what, why. I don't, I don't, I can't point to a particular experience or anything, but I know it's deeply rooted, okay, but I can't remember anything about it. And it's this feeling of like inadequacy, this feeling of um, undeserving or um, incapable, like a shrinking into myself, you know. And during this time, yeah, totally during during. So during this time of you feeling that during this time last year it was going on, and uh, the last couple of weeks, um, it, it kind of, has kind of come and gone, but. You know, in the last two years, you know, I've I've had that whole wild mind experience, and had more of those courses that have helped me a lot personally in um, working through it. But that was another reason last year why I stopped was this just overwhelming overwhelming feeling of uh, like I'm not I'm not who everybody thinks I am or I'm um, not actually as good as I make myself out to be. And so, so, uh, you know, I actually had a breakdown the other day and just completely incapable of doing much of anything, you know? And it was like, but I, I took this, took it as a, this opportunity to sit with those feelings because I knew what was going on yeah. kind of because it happened, it's happened to me before. Um, and in the past I'd just kind of like push it back down, but, um, you know, working with our family and stuff, I have the, uh, freedom to say like, Hey, I not feeling good today. Yeah. I mean, I could have taken a sick day with a lot of other places. Um, but you know, just being able to say, Hey, I, and I was, I was actually on the phone with dad saying like, I, in tears, just like, I, 
I don't know <laughs> what I can do today. I don't. Yeah. I can't. I can't come in. Was that whenever you texted me and asked if we if I wanted to record? No. Uh huh. No. Okay. no uh, that was way after after I'd kind of worked through a lot of this. So okay. You know, and I, I talked to uh, you know obviously, Dad was concerned. Yeah. Um, he said saying like you know if you need to talk we can talk and it's like, I don't need to talk right now. I, I promise I'm going to be just fine, but like, I need, I need to do this right now, you know, <laughs> cause it's, it's yeah. like the, these, I don't, since I don't have any anchor, uh, anything to look at and say, this was the problem. This is why I feel this way. And I can let go of it. It's just kind of, I have to, when the feelings come up, I have to sit with them. And they, since they don't always come up anymore and they come up, around this time every year for some reason I can sit with it and I can just feel it and say I'm gonna choose to look at it I'm gonna choose to yeah. um, so this time last year did you record more or did you record less? no I wasn't recording at you all you stopped recording I wasn't that? recording at all I mean all okay. of those other variables considered also kind of just played into these feelings of like when you don't feel heard um, you have this feeling of inadequacy of like my voice isn't loud enough I can't I, my voice isn't it, it doesn't carry right mm. and so um, you know kind of like we a little bit of what we talked about um, in our last episode together where um, you know, I didn't do a lot of talking when I was a kid. Yeah. And yeah. part of that has to do with um, Logan and, and feeling like I'm small. And so I was trying to be big in all the ways that I could as far as like beating your ass. You know? <laughs> and then you well talking, deserved, you, though. Yeah, <laughs> you, you talking circles around me and not, not really being able to express anything. And... Um, you know, but, but it goes back before that. And I don't know, I don't know to what, I don't know what it's rooted in. So, like I said, the only thing I have is the aftermath of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I, like I said, I was talking to, um, uh, my dad, my dad yesterday or the other day about it when. Uh, I called him and he was like, "Hey, if you need to talk, we could talk." And I said, "No, like I'm. I just need. I need to do this. I need yeah. to, to. This is my medicine right now, um, essentially." And uh, mom texted me. I guess he told her about it. Yeah. Obviously, and she was texting me and she was saying like, um, you know, I have thoughts that I need to reject sometimes. And I was like, you know, like I, I understand. Um, and I don't, I don't think I need to reject this. I think I need to, um, just like, trust me, mom, trust me. Yeah. I'm all right. Not right now, but I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, so we got to, we got to talk about it. Uh, and Mason, Mason, our other brother called me, uh, later that day towards the, towards the end of the work day and was asking me what was going on. And, um, you know, then he started chiming. I, and I was telling him like I just have these feelings, feelings of inadequacy is mostly what it, what is, what it's about, come up, and, you know, he, you know, him being 
Mason, you know, he tries to be nurturing and was saying like, yeah, man, I was hanging out with um, these guys the other night and that's all people we know. And we were all talking about you and just talking about how much of a badass you are and how much of it, like they're, they're watching your workout videos and like, they're like, this guy's like, he, he's a beast. Yeah. And I know those things just like, just like, uh, last year when I'm, when I'm stopping it, it's like, I was getting these forms of feedback that were essentially praise. And it's like, they're all things that I understand. They're all things that make rational sense. I, I know, I know the rational sense that you're a badass. That's well, rational. Rational, sense, <laughs> rational sense that what yeah. I do sometimes and, and, and like the things that we talk about or whatever else is like, I, I can really make, uh, give somebody clarity sometimes or the 20 pound mace that I swing around and the shit I do with it doesn't look easy. And, you know, so I, so I just got a bunch of like, third parties watching me thinking like everything is like this dude's resilient this guy yeah. knows what he's doing well yeah you you look very put together <laughs> but the thing is i'm not always yeah. <laughs> and um i kind of see it as uh this kind of exhalation inhalation thing this uh the expanding of your lungs it's just a visual it's just mm -hmm. an analogy but it's like uh, when I'm expanding and holding my breath at a full inhale it's like we can be big right mm -hmm. we can expand and take up all this space and, and be fully present and whatever else but you gotta you got an exhale you have to you have to exhale sometimes and exhaling can be so can feel so good but in this analogy, it's also I'm shrinking, yeah, right. Because I've been exhale, I've been holding an exhale for so, or an inhale, excuse me, for so long, that it's it's just this form of breathing. It's a expansion and a shrinking, and it's an expansion and a shrinking. Yeah, and you have to be able to breathe. You have to be able to ride both the expansion and the shrinking, and that's what I was doing yesterday. Was I had to shrink into these wounds that I've experienced at some point, but I don't know what they're from. And that's, that's where that wild mind comes in is like, and I was talking to mom and dad about this, um, earlier was I, there, there, there's something that came up at some point the, to make me feel inadequate, um, kind of like an inner critic and saying like, you need to be careful. Don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Uh, I don't know if it came from rejection or whatever else, but, to me, to reject those thoughts is rejecting the, th the, the, like really just putting fuel on the flame, yeah. you know, hurting it again. So I can't reject it because it potentially came from rejection. Yeah. Or multiple times I would I had been rejected as a kid or something or felt that yeah and so and so there's this grace that you have to have for those thoughts because it's you though like those those I mean the thoughts aren't you but you are having the thoughts and so to say I reject these thoughts is to reject your pro or your pain you know mm -hmm. is to push away the medicine 
you know, and, and so of, and it's time to it's time to, to integrate. It. It. Yeah. It's time to say so. So the way I, I look at it um, is that inner critic. Uh, it, you could look at it as like an inner parent, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. There's different forms of parenting, and some just aren't good. And being a critic of your child is not a particularly good thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not calling that. out anybody, but yeah, no. my inner parent. Uh, for a long time that or my it was this inner critic you know and so when when you start to view it as kind of like how how do I want to parent myself yeah and I want to be nurturing and generative and me being an adult now I can say I can look at those wounds from childhood and say and, and nurture it you know I can cry with it and you say you're not inadequate you feel inadequate and that, there's a difference, you know. Mm-hmm. You can observe these thoughts, and you can say, "I am having feelings. I'm having thoughts that I am inadequate." And then you can disidentify with with the, it's not I am at inadequate. It's like I feel inadequate. Yeah. So so it's it's a transition from an identity to a feeling. And so and then <laughs> I felt it all the other day. You know I'm I'm breaking down and crying and uh, it's coming up and I get to write about it. I get to go deeply into it. And, uh, but those, those are good. Those are good ways to push it. Like good ways to use your feeling of your, so these feelings that you would have or that you do have, yeah. whenever you do have a breakdown, it's almost like a burst of, for people like you and I, yeah. <laughs> it's a burst of creativity and yeah. it's a burst of healing. Yeah. And I've definitely been on that train. And I, the thing is, is I've, I've, uh, I just have passing, passing feelings of like, you know, just sadness, an idea of like, okay, maybe I'm not doing what I need to be doing. Like this person over here that I know is excelling in life yeah. and I'm just I'm I don't know if I'm gonna excel or if I am excelling yeah. and I have that same you know that same condition of, of whenever I feel so strongly and so upset about something it's it's a burst of yeah of some of of creativity and it's a beautiful it's like thing it's probably some of the up. most some of the most beautiful things that I ever did make is because is you know because of those feelings and because yeah. I've just feel um, you know so genuine about about everything that's uh, being created yeah. through those emotions. Yeah. Well, you know, you said people like you and I, and I believe that those are a cat. They can be a catalyst for anyone for creation, right? Because. So part of the problem is there's an um, neglect of it. I don't. I'm not gonna look at it. I don't want to be that. I don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna act that way. You know. And so it never comes out. They they hold that breath at the top. You know, at the at the top of the inhale, and they stay there. And then there's other people who just let it all out and stay sh- in a shrunken position. And then yeah. and take shallow breaths, and then never expand to what they're fully capable of. Never, never exploring potential because of this 
situation of this inner critic saying like, no, like that's not safe. But you know, part of part of the medicine though, as a, what I was getting at was forgiving that inner voice, that arc, that archetype in the psyche that's that says those things. And it's like, you don't like I value I value your opinion, but you don't get to drive. <laughs> you don't get to drive the car. You get to sit in the council. Yeah. I liked that. I like I, you that. get this, and, and thank you for all your years of service and protecting us. I know you were only trying to do it because you were protecting us. Yeah. I make it sound like I have like a split yeah, personality. You, yeah. but, but it's really important. So there's this, there's, in the wild mind, there's this idea of fragmentation and holing, right? And so um, we have this tendency to fragment unintentionally. So when I say I have a strong inner critic and I'm fragmenting in that direction I am doing it unintentionally right it's, this is a protector trait but if I was intentionally fragmenting I would be the nurturing generative adult and because it, because the protector trait is within that facet of the nurturing generative adult but if I am if I am doing it intentionally then I am acting from from a place of wholeness because I, I'm not supposed to be all of the things at once. I am all of the things at once, but you, you're supposed to, you, you should embody um, like the wild indigenous one when, whenever it's appropriate. You should embody the innocent sage trickster, but whenever it's appropriate, or the nurturing generative adult, whenever it's appropriate. Do your listeners uh, have... Are they familiar with this at all? Yes. Probably not. <laughs> that's, what, so, that's what I was... <laughs> yeah, probably not. And we can Just get so into you that. know, even I've heard, I've heard these... Uh, this, it's this it's not supposed to make sense. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's complex, but it is, it is something that you will have to dive into in one of your podcasts. Yeah, I'll, def- I'll definitely do a deeper dive into it. Yeah. But tell, the, what, tell them the name of it. Wild Mind. It's the wild mind. Yeah, I have a book right here by Bill Plotkin. I recommend it. But um, that practice of forgiving your protector traits. I mean, in the book, it's they're called subpersonalities, but you know, we also call them protector traits. Mm-hmm. They're the so the process is forgiving it and integrating it into this this whole holding essentially. You know, not saying that this or rejecting this part of me that is saying yeah. whatever, you know, saying like I value what you're what you bring to the table. Can I ask you this really fast? What's up? Um, so a year ago, whenever you were going in into your you know in your inadequacy feeling, yeah. was it was that the same feeling? Number one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but it but there were all the variables of. That, that we explained earlier too yeah. going on as well so I, w- I was just wondering, wondering if this is the year that you realize you know this happens every year and I'm, I'm going to work on it and work with it well this year I was in a great headspace before it happened yeah you know and it's yeah. like it just came up you know it just happened it just flooded me yeah and so uh I don't know exactly. I don't know if it's fully integrated right now, but I know that 
what I did uh, made a vast difference. What you did? Yeah, how I how I spent my day. Oh, okay. When I had the breakdown. Yeah. What I the the sitting with it and having that conversation. Now, what does that what does that look like? Does that look like meditation? Uh, it is a little bit of that. It's I I write about it a little, quite a bit, yeah. um, but a lot of it uh, really just had to do with this discussion. Uh, it, I call it, like it's a council with between between me and my wounded child okay and how i would speak to him and healing that wound and what it involved was us crying together for one thing like i said i sound like i have some split personality (laughs) but but, that's part of that's part of the wild minds uh practice yeah practice yeah Uh, uh, this counselship with your archetypes and your facets and integrating, you know, for one thing, integrating your shadows and stuff too, but... And you didn't go, you didn't go to, it was a class that you went to as well. Yeah. You didn't go to that by yourself, right? No. You uh, went, Chris we, actually Yeah, Chris, came. your roommate went with you. Um, I mean, there was like 12 of us, I think. Oh, I thought it was just you, my, our brother Logan and... No, there was a lot of us. Oh, and okay. And by a lot, I mean about a dozen. Wow. <laughs> now, does does everyone has everyone been practicing as as strongly as you are? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Um, I was just curious. Well, we don't all need the same medicine. You yeah. Know? We don't all absolutely need not. No. I just didn't thing. know because some people, you know, they kind of like how you are. You you're taking it and you're you're kind of living it. And I'm trying to. I just didn't know if... if I'm trying to implement it yeah. in my life. And just, I'm trying to teach people. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and show them how beneficial it can be. Because, you know, I also pull from David Bohm and all these other different books, like the Toltec philosophy books, like the Four Agreements, um, Man's Search for Meaning, all of these different books. And I uh, kind of just... Put them all together. That's kind of what Rethoughts is about. So my, one of my big things is that I don't want to be so indoctrinated to something that I'm blind to anything else. Yeah. You know, and the wild mind is amazing. It is so potent of a medicine, but it's not all there is. There's just not the only way to get to where, like, I, I'm going, you know. Yeah. So... Um, I do I do kind of blend some of the language and some of the uh, practices with other things but um, you know David Bohm for example talks about uh, being coherent and so it's kind of this process of holding right um, so to be coherent the, the your actions need to be in line with the thoughts and the desires right yeah. And so when, uh, in these interviews, he's asked, um, what would happen if we were coherent? And he says, versus incoherent, he says, uh, well, we would end up with a reality that we intend versus a reality that we don't intend. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in, if you're coherent, if you're in coherence all the time, or as much as you can be, you're designing your reality. You're responding to reality and your actions are in line with what you want. Yeah. Versus 
going by you know uh, your your default and your impulses yeah. and your pattern behaviors and just kind of re reacting to everything <laughs> and then ending up that it's kind of this phenomena this this uh, sensation of when you get to 40 years old or whatever else and you say I you look back and you're like, I, I never pictured my life looking like this. What happened? What happened to all my dreams, all my yeah. desires? It's like, well, you didn't. <laughs> you weren't coherent. You, yeah. you were incoherent the whole time. And it, would the idea be that if we did, if we did act coherent constantly, that we would live in a perfect world? No. Well, if everyone could act coherently, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, beyond it, right? Perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect is not a part of this framework, okay. right? But you would, th there would be coherence. We would end up with realities that we intend versus, you know, this whole this whole 2020 year when people are buying up toilet paper. That is not a co coherent thing. There was no indication that, you know, you were going to be. Sorry for the, this visual, like shitting your brains out if you got COVID. There was no evidence of and that. And no toilet paper anywhere. Yeah, and, and then and then everybody went and bought toilet paper. Yeah, you know, and you couldn't get any. And it's like that is so incoherent. Nobody, and, and if you look at it, nobody intended for that. And to super not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not I was fine. Cool. I already had toilet paper when, yeah, when everybody but, bought it up. But, but still, but, uh, a lot of people were buying it and then just selling it. Yeah, they were buying it in bulk. and Yeah. They saw, they saw an Kind of a there. douchey move. <laughs> I mean, business-minded individuals right there. Yes. But uh, damn. But... That's an incoherent thing, right? Yeah. There's there's no reason. That, so it ended. We ended up in a reality that we didn't intend. Nobody intended to that for there to be a toilet paper shortage. <laughs> you everybody just you started, don't know that you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> everybody just started acting fragmented. Yeah. <clears throat> well, but I mean, typically the the um, average individual, I I, I would say. Is, is fragmented yeah and they're doing it unintentionally and there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with that but there's a better there is a, a for lack of a better word more coherent way of, of living you mm -hmm. know so that's just that's just part of the process though is I want to say that uh, I think I learn better so I, growing up, I've never enjoyed reading, ever. Yeah. And it's nice to have someone so close to me in my life that, yes. that does enjoy reading. And, you know, if if someone gave me a book and was like, hey, like, you know, you're going to enjoy this book, I wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> I like wouldn't? A, 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 yeah. If Jonah, if Jonah gave me a book that he's talking about... <laughs> Yeah, he has given me a couple of books, but those are better books. <laughs> I'm saying like these books about uh, you know about you know wild minds and uh, yeah. uh, about what was that um, David Bo David Bohm? Yeah, yeah. If if you did give me those books, I probably would be like, man, I'm I'm not gonna read these because I just I can't take in that information through pages. But 
Yeah. It's nice having a brother that does read this, read read these things and knows these things because every time that we you do get together, it's like I get to learn about the entire thing yeah. that I didn't I it's a better way for me to accept uh accept that uh newfound knowledge rather than me trying to understand it while I'm reading it. And Jonah yeah. Jonah's an awesome uh badass dude who can just read a book in a day and then be like, hey, I want to teach you something. <laughs> it's just really cool. And I, I've just, it's nice because every time I, I do meet up with Jonah, I always end up feeling like I learn something new every time. So good. it is really, it is really nice. I feel like it can be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there, have a tendency to do that. there have been times where like, like everyone's just trying to hang out yeah. and chill and have like a conversation. We the other day. Yeah. And then, <laughs> And then I look over and Jonah's talking to one of my friends and they're having a regular conversation. And then I come back to him by five minutes later and they're like talking about the uh, language map and how the community, like, you know, humans use a language map and some things are not something about that. Yeah. It's something about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you're kind of butchering, but, but it's okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, whenever I came into the conversation, y'all were speaking about the language map and how humans use it. And, yeah. and, uh, originally we were, you know, we we're just talking about, you know, <laughs> just, just life and yeah. just chilling. And then it, sometimes it turns into, okay, we're going to learn something today. <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean, it's funny because some, whenever that does happen and someone comes up to me after talking to Jonah, they are, they're always like, damn it, Jonah just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> and then, and I'm like, oh, you got Jonahed? <laughs> you got Jonahed? <laughs> you got Jonahed? Sounds inappropriate. <laughs> Sounds suggestive. But it's, it's really funny, but it's also really cool sometimes whenever it's, it's nice whenever I do have just a lot of plain, simple conversations with a lot of people, you know, in regular life, but then it's nice to come back and excel those conversations and yeah. go beyond what my normal you know a normal uh, a normal uh, conversation would be so well this is a great opportunity great to <laughs> get into what i call or what has been called the mythopoetic identity did i tell you about the mythopoetic identity uh, you've spoken to me about it a little okay bit. so you know i took that trip to pando yeah recently yeah right so this goes goes into what we're talking about because of the whole expansion, right? And inviting you to expand with me. That's what I'm trying to do with these conversations. Is, yeah. Is is help you or or invite you to grow into a bigger space. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Not shrink. Yeah. And. Uh, so Pando, for those of you who don't know, is a place in Utah. It's the largest, I believe it's the largest living organism in the world. It might just be the country, but I, th I believe it's the, the world. And, well, above ground organism, because there's, never mind. There's, <laughs> <laughs> but Pando is a grove of like 47,000 aspen trees. And while I was at the Wild Mind, the aspen kind of like, Okay, we did some meditations and you kind of go on this uh, deep imaginal journey is what it's called. Yeah. And you find your muse, right? And the muses are basically where your inspiration comes from. The muses uh, in Greek, I believe it's Greek mythology, where the, 
where the sisters that whisper into the artist's ear or the, the poet's ear or the, yeah, the um, sculptor's ear, all of those um, how many, creators. How many right? are there? I think there's seven of them. Do you know the names of them? No, I don't. Do you? I can't remember all of them. Yeah. But they're like um, these sisters, you know, this mythology. But you do this deep imaginal journey to find your muse. And mine was actually the aspen tree. And when I was, I was in this poetry workshop a couple months ago, and I was writing this poem about trees and their sounds because the aspen trees and cottonwood trees, and I mean really pretty much any tree has a very distinct sound if you're paying attention. And the aspen tree is called the whispering aspen. So I thought it was kind of cool that it's called the whispering aspen and the muses whisper, whisper, quote unquote, into the ears of the artists and the poets and whatever <laughs> else. And um, now, can your muse be? It could be anything. Okay, so would anything. there be in this case? Would there be a muse for, from nature? In uh, my this is, case, this is this is talking about in, Greek, you know, the mythology behind it. Yeah. Was, is there specifically a muse well, in... So, so it's not necessarily like this is your muse all the time. Yeah. In that, in that situation, in, the, in those, the, the time period that I was there, the Aspen revealed itself to be my muse, right? And so I find a lot of peace with the Aspen. Because, I, I, you know, we went, we went camping fairly regularly in um, Colorado, and there were Aspen trees everywhere. And so I distinctly remember the sound of aspen trees. And so in this uh, poem, though, that I was writing about the sounds of these trees, I'd done some research because I was like, what is, is there like a special name for a group of aspens? You know, like, are they just, is it just a grove of aspens? Can you have an orchard of aspens? Or, are they a school of aspens? Like a school of fish? Is it a pack of aspens? <laughs> pack, of, pack of dirt. But sit that slot. But anyway, uh, I looked it up. I was like, uh, group of aspens. What is another word for a group of aspens? And this word panda came up. Okay. It sounds like I'm saying panda sometimes, but it's panda. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> Panda. Dad, you told your dad or dad about it, and he was like, "Panda." panda? <laughs> yeah, but he was trying to be funny, and it was like, "Man, <laughs> making fun of somebody's mythopoetic identity right that was now." So, funny. so, but uh, Pando is the name of this group of aspens. This forty-seven thousand group of aspens that are, that all, connected. are all connected. And they're all the clone of the same male aspen tree. And so they're considered the largest living organism. And that blew my mind. And Pando, so, so another name for uh, this group of aspens is the quaking giant. And I was like, I like that a lot. I don't know what Pando means, but this this quaking giant thing is speaking to this me this quaking giant and so because because think about this imagery of like I, I wrote about this myth of pando to just prepare for this trip going going to see pando and meet pando and so the myth of pando is essentially there's this single aspen tree 
and I made this this shit up, but <laughs> in a forest of you know great oaks and roaring pines and whatever else, and um, it's a whispering aspen. It has this small voice, so it expanded, and the and pando is Latin for I spread or I expand. It's kind of like the root of expand. Hmm. Pan, expando, uh-huh. but <laughs> <laughs> expand. <laughs> okay but uh anyway the the this myth of the aspen is like it or the pando it's starting with a single whispering aspen having this like voice that can't be heard over the rest and then saying like fuck this like i'm spreading i'm expanding i expand and growing into this vast organism bigger considered the largest living organism as i've said and you can hear it in the wind. It's like a, it's like a river. The groups of aspens sound like bodies of water. Yeah. And it's amazing. They are loud. Yeah. And so that's the idea is expanding into what you can be. That is interesting given, and, given your, <clears throat> given your, uh, going history. back on your uh, emotional, you know, stress and yeah. feeling the the inhale yeah. during and then you're going into your exhale well the that's that's pretty cool the, <laughs> the mythopoetic identity goes on so get this <laughs> aspens are are some resilient ass trees yeah you know those the eyes of the aspen mm-hmm. right they are actually spots where branches were right yeah obviously clearly but um, they self-prune. So this idea of getting rid of what's dead so I can continue to grow. And get this. That is rethoughts <laughs> through and through. These, these, what, are, what parts of me do I need to rethink so that I can continue to grow? It's like this growth mindset mentality, but an emphasis on the things that are currently that I currently identify with that I can prune because they no longer serve me. And I'm like looking into Whoa. all these things and I'm like, holy shit, like I am Panda. Whoa. And <laughs> you know, they're, they're, it's cool because like they're the, eye, they're these eyes of like the things that like I've seen. Right. Like, but they're just memories. Like I could still look at them. And know that this was this was part of me, but I no longer identify with this this so-called branch that I've self-pruned. This identity, <sighs> this thought, the, these biases. How come you never? When, how come you never told me about? Because I wanted to blow your mind and record it. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Wow. But the idea is. Uh, you know, I was I was talking to Chris a while back before we left to go to go see Pando. And I've told I told him, you know, I feel like I've been trying to expand my entire life. And circumstances and people around me just didn't haven't facilitated it. Haven't facilitated an expansion, you know. And with this mythopoetic identity it's like i am i i am pando the tr- the the quaking giant or whatever else and it's like there's there's also this idea of like cloning 
and expanding into other people, you know, connected through our roots, create a root system where I can speak into, because trees communicate through the roots, the root systems with like through, through using nutrients and all these things. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that's how, that's how trees speak to each other, you know, but communicating with you and inviting you to expand into something that you can be whether I, I and it's and it's not my vision of what you can be right it's a uh, just an invitation to self-pruning of things that things that I I think are holding someone back and essentially cloning this idea of uh, self-pruning of rethoughts of growth not limited by the identities that we hang on to, the mm-hmm. thoughts and biases and BS that we can't let go of. So that is that is what I'm essentially trying to do with rethoughts, with anything, with any conversation that I have with somebody is inviting yeah. them into a space that, I, that they can grow and expand into. That's cool. facilitating that let go of your shit let go (laughs) self-prune self-prune it's dead it's no longer serving you (laughs) that's but you know you have to go about it in a way that's not so judgmental yeah so you know like like earlier i wanted to chime in on this too like when you're when you're discussing you know it's i don't i'm not a good when you're when you're saying like that you're not a reader you don't enjoy reading Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's getting back into coherence real quick. It's not coherent for you to read because you don't learn that way. Reading is not something that is coherent for you, Roman Gray. So I don't encourage <laughs> you to read. I encourage you to potentially listen. I don't know if that's that's any better. No, to I, listen to audio I like. Books or something I love like that. I, and even in high school, it was the same thing. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's just something about, and I'm sure there's, you know. Yeah. A billion people that have the same thing, but totally. for me, it's just like I just don't take knowledge in that way. Yeah. I mean, if it's something that I absolutely have to read, that's fine. But I'm not. I can't. I can't pay attention to a story or yeah. or pay attention to you know a well, book about psychology. I would. I would have to. In high school, I had to listen to the audio book for any any books I was assigned. Yeah. And that's I would love the book. <laughs> I absolutely would love the book, but it was just hard for me to have that story being told to myself yeah. in my own head. So, but listening listening to things and having visuals, but typically yeah, conversations, but overall listening to things like that just really helped me yeah. learn overall, but it's kind of it's kind of that new development of how how kids learn now even yeah I mean just like the whole testing theory and um, just different ways that kids learn so mm-hmm. which is kind of exciting that that's a new thing that's kind of playing a playing a role well it's like it's weird because it's something that they've known for a while but it's not implemented so and that's just how education works is we just, we're stuck in some antiquated ways of educating children yeah and not not dogging on like teachers and stuff but like the system itself is antiquated right mm-hmm. um, the curriculums so and it doesn't cultivate 
individuals who are ready to be integrated into a society now as much as like a, a workforce back in the day yeah. of like the industrial age. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole another can of worms. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> the expansion as well from learning, but as also on mental health. New developments. Sorry, we had to take a little break and refuel, um, but we are getting up there in time. So, I'm going to go through some closing remarks, wrap up some ideas, some thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. What do you think, Roman? Um, I just want to know if anyone wants to listen to me do some ASMR. (laughs) Stay away from my mic. Get back. <laughs> Get back. None of that. None of that. That's for later. That's, that's, for, my, that's, that's for my other later. show. Yeah. That's the other show. You can see that at www.jonagrayonlyfans.com. Oh, let's brush up on uh, Skelly's real quick. Do you want to talk about Skelly's? Skelly's. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, how did that... I think you and I just had a mutual feeling of like, listen, you came to me and you said, I want to start an apparel company. Oh. And you had these ideas about like, I want them to kind of essentially just be like tattoos on a shirt, essentially. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I remember now. And I showed you what I was doing with like Rethought's apparel. And I was like, you could, we could totally do that. That's not even a problem why are we talking about it why don't we just do it (laughs) so that's where that conversation has led um, or started but it's led to finding artists who we love their work for one thing yeah giving them some ideas and letting them you know design the logo and pay them to design some shirts or graphics that would go on a shirt yeah right now we're just working on uh finalizing some designs and i mean they're really cool designs i i'm really excited to share some with y'all but um hopefully with with my content creation and kind of management on designs and jonah's uh badassery at website design and uh advertising marketing yeah. We hope, hopefully, we'll be able to come up with some really cool things. And Bro, you're not talking like an expansion pack set of Yu-Gi-Oh cards right now, okay? <laughs> let's, let's expand. Not hopefully. We're going gonna, to we're gonna <laughs> make some badass shirts. Yeah. The idea was, was that uh, it's called Skellies. Yeah. It's S-K-E-L-L-I-E-Z. So it's kind of cool, but... Whenever I was looking up, looking up everything uh, like for a website domain, we had some ideas in mind and like kind of stuff that we wanted to do, and we we knew we wanted to incorporate like kind of this grungy grunginess to it, yeah. but uh, almost not dark humor, but just uh, taking in taking in like designs with skeletons and demons and making them into humor and uh, using those designs in just a funny way. Uh, like one of the examples we have is we have uh, a skeleton and a demon and they're boxing and the, the description or like the, the text on the shirt is going to be uh, fight your demons. 
and it's just like a funny it's just a funny cool design and uh i mean we get we we got uh i think two or three artists that we've been using and uh their work has just been so badass and we're super excited to see what other designs we we get from them but <clears throat> we're we're excited to finally launch a line of shirts here pretty soon yeah. but um all that's really left is just finalizing uh designs getting the exact material for the shirts and then getting our first test one test runs in and modeling them and modeling them and getting yeah. some photos done and then we'll start advertising and just see what happens but the whole idea was like hey uh let's just test out this <laughs> this uh apparel e-commerce you know company and let's see what we can do with it and i mean i think we're both pretty confident in the in the designs and in in our in our you know in our skills to be able to make this thing grow but it'd be really cool to see <laughs> see skelly's being repped by people yeah. all throughout like amarillo and stuff that'd be awesome that was a sponsorship from skelly's yeah <laughs> This episode brought to you by Skelly's. It's Skelly's apparel, yeah. yeah. But there's also, I think there's going to be like fanny packs and like duffel bags. Yeah, there'll and, be a, a variety of things. Yeah, it's going to be sick. It'll just be shirts. Be and there will be shirts. an update. There'll, there will be an update on the next recording. Yeah. And hopefully, it's going to be it's live. Big. Yeah. <laughs> But and live. Was there anything uh, you wanted to touch on with emotional distress, anxiety, or any? Man, on the side of like, on the side of emotional stress, it's just I don't know. I uh... here's one thing: is like you never you never know what other people are going through. Yeah. So. Don't make don't make life harder for anybody, really. Just be kind, do your thing, be coherent. Shit, be coherent. <laughs> that's it, and that's another thing is like there's that whole book idea that I that I have for, you know, cultivating coherence and coming into coherence. Did we talk about that at all? Not on this, but no, before. I don't think so. All right, well, we can hash that out real quick. What? Go ahead. Basically, I, didn't, I haven't told you about your 10 laws. Mm -mm. What? I don't think so. I mean, you have to... You tell me a lot of a I lot do. of knowledge. A, a lot, lot of, of BS. Huh? A lot of stuff. So <laughs> you're going to have to brush up a little bit before I can... Well, real quick. I mean, I know we're, we talked about closing up. Uh, but the idea is... Back to those pattern behaviors. I mean, you're never really going to get rid of all the pattern behaviors to so be... But the idea to stop some of those patterns is to disrupt the patterns. And so I, the book idea is, is called Your Ten Laws, but it's like you're designing your own ten laws. And I'm in this book, I'm facilitating your own designing of these ten laws, this creation of your ten laws. And they're, they got it, they're, the idea is for them to be concise and repeatable um, and you know maybe set a reminder throughout the day to s basically say this to yourself and 
interrupts whatever it is. It doesn't really matter what stage of the pattern you're in. An a disruption of the pattern is a win. See what I'm saying? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So, so we have like those our triggers, and then predictably you do um, some of the same shit you always do. You know. So some of those ten laws. Look at me. You look at me like you have a question. No, I'm just I'm trying to frame yeah, it. Yeah, I'm framing it. Yeah. Well, the the idea is to to be more coherent. Yeah. Right. So. Um, first, first and foremost, it's what is most coherent for you. What uh, if I am if I am acting coherently? What does that look like? What are some of these laws? And I have like uh, outlined different areas that these laws should cover. Your own laws should cover. That way, you cover things like relationship and communication and uh, just all, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. That way you just cover your bases. And so you recite these 10 things to yourself and it reminds you and it reorients you, calibrates you to a more coherent way of thinking. Okay. So, and it pulls from, it pulls from different um, books and ideas and thinkers and, um, but like for example, one of my laws because I'm doing them one at a time. I'm testing them because um, 10 is a lot to incorporate all at once. And I'll, I'll outline yeah. that in the book too. But uh, for example, the first one was choose yourself. Every day, over and over and over. Choose yourself. And so it's, it's based on this idea that I kind of had with... Um, and I'll talk about this in its own podcast episode. This idea of being deeply selfish. And I don't mean what a lot of you think I probably mean. <laughs> I mean, when I say deep, I, I mean like there's a deeper level of knowing things, right? Like, you know, you know on a day-to-day basis, you can look back and you can, there's just, there's this deeper knowing like this was kind of a shitty thing I did. I shouldn't have done that. This was a good thing I did. But, it, but you do them anyway, right? And so on this deeper level of knowing, like in relationships, for example, um, and, and being coherent in this relationship, how I might, it, it, it seems selfish to, uh, or it is selfish to be controlling of your partner, right? And always want their time and attention and whatever else and that often leads to problems but what you deeply want is a solid relationship what you deeply want is a relationship where you trust an individual where you you feel free where you deeply love them and they deeply love you and y'all honor each other and y'all can tell each other anything and there's nothing that would ruin it you know essentially so that's what we deeply want so how do we cultivate that if we are acting and so when i say deeply selfish think about those things what you deeply want is a relationship that is good right Mm -hmm. and that doesn't come from 
a lot of the behavior that we exhibit when it comes to relationships. You know? Yeah. So it's not coherent for um, me to say that you can say anything to me in this relationship and then get mad about it. That's not something that's coherent. That's not something that is creating that reality of a, of a great relationship. It is you're unintentionally creating the reality of a shitty relationship of problems or whatever <laughs> else. So the idea is to disrupt that pattern behavior because that comes from something else, like a previous experience from your last relationship or your first relationship or whatever else, or seeing it in your parents or other relationships around you and that being imprinted onto you and, and you adopting it as how relationships work. This is simply how relationships work. Does that make sense? <laughs> you, you're painting a good picture. I, it's, it's a it's, lot to explain. It is a lot to explain. It's a lot to explain. I don't know. I don't know how your viewers are going to see it as well, but yeah, I mean, if they have questions, they'll ask. <laughs> yeah, totally. I hope, I hope. Yeah. I don't know. I invite questions. I invite, um, in those in those closing words yeah. of emotional stress and you know and and continuing on what you said knowing that everyone does go through it yeah. <clears throat> knowing that even the people that are making it worse for other people yeah they're going through it yeah and it's a shitty way to cope with it but <laughs> but what do you mean I, it's a shitty way to cope to make other people's worse Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, basically, I just agree that, I mean, all you can really do is try to be the best human you can be. And and that involves being a better human to others. Yeah. So, just be nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I invite you to expand. That's my invitation to anybody listening. That's my invitation to really anybody I talk to. And through that invitation is the charge to invite other people to expand. And so if we're doing that, you're seeing potential in people, then it's a lot easier to be kind. It's a lot easier to not make anyone's day harder. You want them to grow into whatever they get to be. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Give me a nod. Like the, the listeners can't hear a nod. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rethoughts. Follow us on Instagram at re underscore thoughts. You can also subscribe through email on our website at rethoughts.com. Follow us on wherever you listen to podcasts. That way you can keep up with our new episodes. We love hearing from our listeners, so contact us through Instagram or our website and tell us what you've been rethinking, or request a topic that you'd like us to talk about. Thanks for listening.